Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome one and all, weebs and casuals alike, we are Baka and Company, and we're here to provide you with a deep dive into all your favorite anime shows and movies. We'll talk about both new and old anime and everything in between. If you have suggestions, please send them our way, either by sending us a tweet at Bakako Podcast on Twitter, or sending us an email through Podcast at gmail.com. We also want to thank Akano from SoundCloud for our intro. On this show, we have myself, Drew Tendo, Element, Frank Furter, and Silver Lobo Sensei making his triumphant return. And we will be talking about Summer Wars, which is a 2009 Japanese anime and science fiction film directed by Mamoru Hosoda, produced by the studio Madhouse. Uh, and you might recognize Mamoru uh, from some of his work on Digimon the Movie, Wolf Children, The Boy and the Beast, and a lot of others because uh, his Wikipedia is pretty long. Uh, but with that, the main point I want to put out for the plot, um, it's about some high school students. One's a mathematical whiz. He's a part-time moderator on this super complex, massive computer simulated virtual reality world called Oz. Um, and uh, he gets invited to a fellow student's great-grandmother's birthday party. Am I getting that right? Yes. 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 Yeah. Continue. Okay. Yeah. And they go to this estate in Ueda. And uh, he has to uh, pretend to be her fiance. And that's uh, so Natsuki in- introduces Kanji as her fiance. And everyone's kind of like, <gasps> and he's like, oh, crap. Uh, but slowly throughout the film, um, things get better. Things get weirder. And uh, that's where everyone else can start jumping in. So basically, the movie is like Digimon the movie, but not Digimon. Is yeah. what, oh, like, okay, okay. So, okay. <clears throat> so 
to be fair, he did the Digimon movie. I have not watched the Digimon movie since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I don't really remember it, but anytime I bring up Summer Wars and somebody who's very familiar with Digimon is just like, oh yeah, this is just like freaking Digimon the movie. I'm like, what? Okay. I mean, rem- with the memories I have of Digimon the movie, because I watched that every day as a kid, uh, <laughs> as soon as I was introduced to this movie, I was like, this is Digimon. And then my brother told me, yeah, the same guy made it. And I'm like, this is my new favorite movie. It's what? just nostalgia for me because of Digimon. I yeah I never I never watched Digimon much like I remember uh in the did you guys have this in the morning before school you would watch like there was a show where you would watch cartoons like from it started at yeah. like seven thirty yeah. and went to seven thirty yeah. to nine a.m. I think and I would leave at Whoa, like eight lucky. I would leave at like eight twenty a.m. so I would miss this the third cartoon you know it was like three cartoons mm-hmm. that would run in a block so I'd always miss the end of the second cartoon and all the third and the third was always Digimon so I never got to watch Digimon oh man. Up. Yeah, um, uh, it was the same huh. way for me. I think, what was it? Sonic was there. Um, this like weird 3D or CG movie that or show that was like a robot with like blocks for body parts or some weird shit like Cubics? that. Cubics. Cubics, and then it was, um, <laughs> and then it was Digimon. So I oh, would leave got- at, like the after watching like the first few minutes of Digimon, and then I'd just be very upset because I can't watch Digimon. And See, we we got watched... all the the four kids shows. Yeah, like we got WB. Yeah. Pokemon Kids WB, Pokemon Dragon Ball Z, Digimon uh, Sailor Moon at one point, uh, One Piece, Naruto, oh. all that all that stuff. <laughs> this is how banger. I know. You, this is how I know your all's parents loved you more than my parents loved me. We would watch the news in the morning before we'd go to school. We never Dude. watched. We Yo, never get watched cartoons. <laughs> Dude, I got in so much trouble because I would always be late to school because I would walk to school. And it was just like, you are 30 minutes late. Why? D- Digimon. <laughs> Digimon. Yeah, I'd, That's I'd, the reason. I never knew that there were cartoons on in the morning, like what? before school. Otherwise, wow. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I, Did, I was always the kid that like, we would watch the news in the morning. Did, was it, was it like, um, was it like around a show? Like, um, or was it just like they ran three cartoons and then whatever the, like for us, it was, there was a show called Cheese TV, and it was like, um, it was like a almost a talk show, but for kids, like a Nickelodeon sort of talk show. And they would be like the hosts, and they would introduce the cartoon and the episode, you know, before each thing, and they would do like skits and stuff in between. No, it changed over time, and uh, the one I remember vividly is, you know, the Warner Brothers logo. It's the the the, the water tower, and it says the WB, WB on there. Yeah, yeah. That fucking theme would become become a cartoon and come to life and just bounce all over the place. Oh, that's all that's just what it was anyway we're hella off topic <laughs> I, I no i want to interject with uh for my canadian people okay so our cartoons in the morning were primarily aimed towards the younger kids so like five and under so uh-huh. when i watched cartoons it was always after school and they started at three and went till six and it was always pokemon something digimon dragon ball and then when Gundam Wing came out, they started putting it on Gundam Wing, and that was awesome. Uh, but it was on YTV here in Canada, and they did the same thing that you're talking about, Element. They had a show called The Zone, and it had, huh. a, like, a robotic talking TV called Snit, and this guy called PJ Phil. And they would interact and have these weird, like, bits. So, yes, yes, I had bit TV as well. Huh. Yeah, but we back had... 
we had cartoons <laughs> in the we had cartoons in the afternoon as well, but it was never the four kids. We like we oh. got we, we got um Avatar in the afternoon. That was that oh, was like, that's cool. Dope. That was unbelievable. Like the whole run of Avatar, we got all of that like in the afternoon after school. Um, but we didn't get any like four kids stuff. It was like all Western cartoons. Yeah, I'm, we a similar like uh, four kids for me was always Saturday morning cartoons. It wasn't ever weekday. But um, to bring us back on topic, yes. Silver, I know you love this movie. I I picked this movie. I love this movie. Oh, I and thought you were going to say you had thoughts. <laughs> oh no no no! <laughs> like Silver and I, we talked about it before you guys had watched it. Like right as soon as I suggested we watch this, and I was like. I don't think there's one thing I I will find wrong about this movie. And Lobo was just like, yeah, there's one thing. There's one, like, oh, after rewatching um, it, he's like, there's I, one thing that you're going to hate. And I know somebody's no, going to bring I, it up. Just to, to clarify, I said there's probably, like, a handful of things that people can nitpick about this movie that I just forgive and give zero fucks about because it's just a fantastic movie to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I found them, like, if Frank didn't already love this movie, he would nitpick about this. And then this. Oh, I I have and one this. nitpick. I have one nitpick about this movie, and I already told you what it is, and we'll save it for um, later because it's late in the yeah. movie. But uh, yeah. to kind of summar- uh, summarize a little bit more of the movie, uh, basically, high school kid goes to this grandma's birthday, gets introduced as like the fiance. He kind of goes along with it, and then he sent a code in the middle of the night, and because he's a mathematician, he cracks the code and he sends it off, and it's just like a random email. And then Oz gets hacked. And to put into perspective, Oz, if you think of Ready Player One, Oz is like this overworld that like people do their real life shit and they do their jobs. Like it controls a lot of stuff. Military and, technology. <clears throat> yeah, basically Oz gets hacked because some idiot cracked the code and then you see his picture on TV and everybody's like, holy shit, what have you done? And then just mayhem ensues in Japan. And then it's all about them trying to fix what they they broke, essentially. And truth gets revealed about who he is, and then power of friendship, they, they win at the end. But... <laughs> also, the truth comes out that he didn't actually do the code. He was just a scapegoat yeah, for whatever he, reason. He, yeah, he, fucked up, he fucked up the last digit, but there were like 18 other people that got it correct, and it stole everybody's avatar that responded to the message. And his avatar just so happened to be the one that is just like, yeah, I'm gonna keep this one for for my. It maybe real was like he was the first one because he fucked up at the end, you know. I so don't know, maybe for anyone else who is also lost, uh, Frank, you've done a great job explaining Oz. The one thing I want to interject with is he's also a moderator, so he has like some right. extra level powers. So early in the movie, you're under the assumption that that's why he got hacked because he had these extra level powers. Um, we also see throughout the, whenever they're in Oz, there's different reasons people are using Oz. Some people are flat out for social, dating, work, but there's also this really super cool battle arena that we never get the rules explained to because sometimes it's if you get knocked down, you're out, but other times it's if you're quote unquote exhausted, you're, you lose, but there's this really cool, like Digimon fighting. I mean, bunny i mean rabbit i mean warrior um and it's an avatar like, it's an yeah. avatar <laughs> but he's like the the wrestler or the pvp yeah. champ they, they call him of king Cos- uh king cosma and yeah. uh basically which he's is a this- really cool name yeah and he's like this badass in the movie and then it just turns out to be some like 12 year old kid and you're like the fuck 
12 year old kid that's in the same house as oh yeah just so coincidentally at this grandma's house because it's one of her grandchildren and it's just like hmm okay another another thing we need to touch on is also like this this family uh like they have their roots back into the tokugawa tokugawa clan so back in uh 1615 uh they're the uh takeda clan i believe and so they have like yeah they have this huge family so when we get introduced to them there's like this is my third uncle this is my second cousin this is my fifth aunt twice removed and there's like this three like age groups where it's like um her parents ages uh, are her aunts her cousins are like five years older or younger than her because we have like the grandkids that are super small and like it's just this huge very heartwarming family thing because as they travel to get there they start picking up more family members so like on the first train that um kenji and what's her name natsuki yeah yeah the the first train ride is just them and they're awkward and then like a cousin gets on the train and then an aunt gets on the third train and as they progressively get further into the boonies the train like gets older and then i really like when they're on the bus ride it's like everyone's like kind of right there and they're all like look at this who are you how did you meet her and uh, and they're and then telling when they like find... the whole family story of like oh yeah. this is me this is my son my son's in this baseball tournament so he'll be joining us later it's just like that subplot was so good <laughs> oh my god that that subplot payoff of like the son being in the baseball team yeah and, like how it relates to just the story progress is fantastic it it, it parallel basically this this one of the cousins' sons is in like the regional baseball finals, or they get to the finals in like yeah, yeah, the high school baseball. As finals, yep. as the plot thickens and becomes tense, so does their baseball game, and he, like <laughs> the son is a pitcher and he's sweating, and then like once they like once at the very end when they like avert like basically this this hacker program thing drops a, essentially a satellite, but it looks like a bomb on their house they were able to divert it away so nobody dies but like as soon as like they divert it everybody lives and everybody's happy like the baseball team also wins yeah like the tv comes back on or something yeah it's just it's just so kooky and hilarious that it's just a fun little subplot but like there's there so just kind of to rewind back to what i was talking about before we we kind of went more into the plot element and drew tendo neither of you had seen any movie by Mamoru Hosoda or Hosoda and I was pissed. Now, now that you've seen <laughs> one movie, what do you think? I'm good. I know like, I've seen Digimon. I've seen Digimon, so I've okay. seen Okay. <laughs> okay. How long ago have you that seen Digimon? That doesn't count. You don't even remember. I, I in honest, I probably watched Digimon the movie maybe a year or two ago. Okay. But to be fair, that's also not his IP. That was like uh, already established IP. Yeah. Like, seeing one of his new IPs, like, would you go and see another movie? Like, would yeah, you watch I, another one? Yeah, to sit down and, like, um, actually look through his catalog. I, I've i heard a lot of good stuff about Wolf Children, but I want to see uh, The Boy and the Beast. Because I, I, a long time ago, in a province of Canada far, far away called Newfoundland, uh, I started it because I, I was going to binge just... Um, anime movies and that was one of the ones that was recommended to me and i got five minutes in and i 
it had to be an online game something popped up and i never went back to it so like i know the first five minutes are like stuck in my brain and i can see the colors and everything and the setting and i want to know more so i I really want to go back to that and i was going to suggest that actually as our next film element what do you think? You're just trying to keep me here with that option, you know? God damn it. <laughs> um, well, I saw I saw somebody suggest... Well, we could get to what we're watching after later, but Element, what do you think? Well, I'm, I'm, it's interesting listening to you guys talk, because I'm... Well, when I finished watching... I watched the movie last week. Um, after I finished, I wasn't sure what I thought about it. It definitely wasn't a bad movie, not at all. Like, I recognize it's like a good movie. I just haven't watched enough anime movies in general to get like... You know, if, if I were to watch an anime series right now... I could tell whether it was good or bad and what I liked about it, what I disliked about it, because I have such a huge pool of other shows that I've watched that I can compare it to. That's like how I form my, um, like my standards, I guess. But I've watched like very little anime movies. Like, you know, I've watched in Ghibli's entire catalog, but that's just like one studio and they have a very, um, it's like watching all the KyoAni animes, you know, they're very like, there's a lot of similarities there. So it's like, you haven't got enough breadth, I guess. So this was cool, and I recognize it's a good movie, um, but I also don't think it was amazing. And I'm not sure if that's, if I should have, fa- I think the thing that, that I was let down by the most was the the digital world stuff. And also there was like a huge amount of suspension of disbelief in this show that felt really grounded for the most part. And then there was just these insane, fantastical elements to go along with it. And I, it it always pulled me out of it. Like, we watched the other movie, um, The Night is Short Walk on Girl. That's like, it started feeling sort of grounded with like real people in a real situation. And, but then the animation style and the progression of the movie as it went on just became more and more fantastical to the point where there was like a, a god of, the Kappa god of books or whatever. What, what's that guy's name? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the Kappa, yeah, yeah. the god of like, the book, book yeah, swap yeah. meter so or whatever. There's like a literal, you know deity character in in this movie with like real people yeah. so it's like it all it all feels it all becomes more fantastical as the movie goes on so you sort of like you know you get where it's going this one the whole way through felt grounded and i really liked all the family dynamic stuff and like especially there's a moment where he he's getting arrested and he says you know thank you to the family for showing me such a good time i've never had a big family that really resonated with me because i've had that experience before uh when i've been arrested to, like, at a family gathering Yes. God damn it. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> come on now. My my like I, I live in Australia, so uh, most of my family is in like Singapore and Malaysia. That's like where my actual you know blood family all lives. So I've got very little family here. So it's always been very small gatherings. You know when I am with my family like for Christmas or whatever. But when mm-hmm. I went back over there like as a kid, I remember like I had a huge family and all these cousins, and we were playing board games into like you know late at night sort of thing. And I, I definitely felt how he felt like that was very similar to how I felt, um, when I was a kid. So that resonated really hard and that really endeared me to the family. But then all the stuff in the digital world was like, so maybe if I watched Digimon, I'd like it more, but I really didn't feel much for any of it. Um, and also like the suspension disbelief that like all of these government systems and everything were all part of this like ridiculous online world. It'd be like if the government used Gmail as its primary email provider. <laughs> like I mean it, the same suspension not just belief could be put through Ready Player One as well though. So uh True. yeah, but Ready Player One is also like just a silly action movie, I guess. Like none none and of the characters is, well silly action movie and silly 
well, book, I guess. I'm, I'm thinking like, like in, 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 Re- in Ready Player One, when they're in the real world, it's like, it starts off with him in like the junk pile thing. Like it feels a little bit more real because he's like, I don't know. I feel like Ready Player One, like there was less time spent in the real world and the time that was spent in the real world was like brief scenes with the main characters and then it was straight back into the digital world to solve like the next next puzzle or whatever. There wasn't the emphasis wasn't on the real world stuff, it was on the the digital stuff. We spent a lot more time in the digital world doing that stuff. So it felt right. And also Ready Player One is not like an excellent movie, so um I think this is a <laughs> true, is but a, like I'm just saying the parallels are there and I again am just trying to destroy your argument. It's my, no, it's my thing. That's um, why I'm here. And that's why I'm, I'm excited to talk to you guys because you guys obviously love the movie and I was, I'm like a level down from that. I don't hate it at all. I think it was a good movie. And Frank was saying, would you watch something from this guy again? Yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's like um, a bit more focused on, if the tone of the movie, I think, were a bit more consistent throughout, I think this would have been excellent. So maybe he's got another movie that's more like that. Or maybe he's like, all these movies have like, a sense of like groundedness and then some fantastical element to it. Maybe you maybe would, y'all should watch you Wolf Trillin next instead. So here's the thing, and that's that's what I would least suggest. Lobo is I I'm not I mean to be fair with with elements saying he right, wants something right. that's more I, consistent. I would, that is the only one that I can think of that is consistent the entire way through. No, Boy and the Beast Girl, goes. It does the exact same thing as Summer Wars. It goes it has its highs, it has its lows, and it fluctuates. Like what the right. fuck's going on? But but I, Wolf Children I is the one that's just consistent. There's a story. It's a good story. It's just if it's not your cup of tea, it's not your cup of tea. And I that's I like that cup of tea. Yeah, I was gonna say debatable on the good story, but I would I would suggest the girl who leapt through time is the most consistent and like the most believable. Well, not really, because all of the like None either of them has be like a, believable. I was gonna say no, that's it's a very <laughs> sci-fi movie, but like as sci-fi goes, it's very consistent. I think it's uh, it's a very well done movie. I think you would enjoy that one element, um, especially because sure. it is kind of and like also slice I, I want to say like it's not that I don't have I have I feel like I have a pretty good suspension of disbelief, but I think when um, multiple things start sticking out to me, it. It's like a, it's like the straw that broke the, broke the camel's back, you know. Like one right. or two things that are weird, you know, I can forgive, and it doesn't like completely ruin it. But then when enough things pile up, it's like, okay, well now I'm just like looking at everything and seeing where all the seams are. It's like, oh okay. Like so, if if, if there was, you know, less stuff, I think I could have been totally fine. Or if if that moment didn't happen for me, um, if I didn't have like the straw that broke the camel's back, as it were, I wouldn't have started just seeing the seams everywhere and I think I would have been way more into the whole thing and like I said I don't think anything was uh, the the majority of the movie I think is spent outside of the digital world and all of that stuff was really good I thought Um, like really good characters well written um, interactions interesting scenes to watch and like some interesting plot lines sorry go ahead no 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 I like I'm just it just plopped into my head I have to agree because when Eventually, um, the main character, he gets kicked out of Oz because he got hacked, whatnot. But when he makes his return, he's like, hey, look, we can beat this thing. We just have to, like, play it a different way. So we find that the family has all these really cool connections. And that, like, the one uh, son is, like, he sells computer parts. But Mm. that's because he does government-funded work to build government supercomputers. So it's like he's like, boom, I can get us a supercomputer. 
and then the uh the oldest son is like well we need electricity to power it because it needs like they list off some random wattage that my feeble brain cannot understand and he's like boom i'll bring my boat that has a diesel generator and like they get everything hooked up and they even because like the supercomputer is going to run so hot they start getting like goliath sized blocks of ice and putting it in a sealed room so that it can cool and i thought that attention to detail because a lot of animated movies will just be like yeah we have thing and it's self-sufficient well they they took into account that a computer of that size is going to generate a certain amount of heat and in order for it to correctly run without burning itself out it is going to need a cooling system and being in rural japan the cooling system is ice and it's not going to be thirty-five thousand btu air conditioners right so that yeah, was really cool that whole setup and how it policeman cousin <laughs> like i hated that guy the whole way through like he never Me had too. a redeemable you're not moment. meant to like him you're not meant to he's a piece of shit i hate him so yeah <laughs> which i yep. think it's okay but then it it lends itself to frustration over catharsis i don't know if i'm explaining that correctly but like normally when you have a character that you just that you dislike in a movie usually there's some sort of either attempt at redemption for them so that you end up feeling okay with their presence um or they get their comeuppance in some way. And I don't feel like that guy got either. Shota was, was just, his name. Yeah, he was just, like, annoying and, like, sort of at the 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 crux of the the plan coming together. He ruined it, um, which, you know, I don't think it was necessarily a bad reason to ruin it, but it was just, like, him acting like such a dickhead about everything. Just none of, none of it was endearing, and then he didn't get... A redemption moment, I don't think. I'm trying to remember if anything happened with him. He was he using his cell phone to help when they played Koi Koi. Oh, sure, yeah, with the whole family. Um, and yeah, then, that's um, it. And then <laughs> the there was no comeuppance either. Like, he, there was never consequences for how he behaved either. Right? I mean, I'm no, I don't think so. That. I don't think he, like, I don't think anything ever happened to him. Yeah. From what I remember. I mean, to be fair, he didn't really, like, do anything that required such a come up into or whatever because like no i'm not, I'm not sure with like sure with, with him like upsetting those part of the family the others who were not into the fact that they believe that all this is going on because of computer they were just like yeah grandma needs this shit not you guys and your fucking video games like that's believable it's just it's very much the perspective of it and for him sure he was a dickhead to uh for what we saw but like it's family, and I think that's this is more so about family than fucking Fast and Furious, where they have to forgive him because he is family. Like that's yeah, no, that's, that's just true. how he is, and that's how they accept him. And, and the I reason think, why he was being a dickhead is because is this kid who came in that's not part of the family and taking away like part of like because he's introduced his second cousin fiance, who he can, yeah. You know, which we, yeah we that, that go out with you know it's kind of weird but you know it's, shit happens and i mean technically the girl had a crush on her uncle who wasn't half blood related so it's just like Animes yeah there's some weird, weird shit man. there's some weird <laughs> shit in there but i mean like he was just the annoying uncle who hated this kid who was approaching like or not approaching but uh like stomping on his turf so to speak yeah even though the he was allowed to him, nor yeah, it's exactly it. Like he got like a little kick at the end where like 
by the end of the movie, everybody's saved, and, like, the girl's like, I actually kind of like you, nerdy kid, and the nerdy kid's like, well, I like you, too, and then this is like, ooh, maybe they should kiss, and then, like, she goes in for the kiss, and he, or, like, he, like, yeah, before he can kiss her, like, his nose bleeds, and, like, while this is all happening, you see the ants, like, in the background holding this cousin back and, like, (laughs) essentially, like, gagging his mouth closed, like, or, like, covering his mouth closed so he couldn't say anything or do anything, so it's just, like, he got his come, uh, like his his revenge or comeuppance or whatever the fuck the word is like then in which he had to stare and watch this scene happen and fold in front of his eyes and as you know his family's being taken away from him so fuck him but whatever um, so I think <laughs> I think what Lobo said made the most sense like it is family and not everyone's gonna get along yeah. or agree or you know be likable so I, I think that's true I I think the other thing that like broke my um like the the straw that broke camel's back sort of thing with like the suspension of disbelief is like everything around this situation is surrounding this one family like the <laughs> half uncle built the ai and the little kid is the main character in the digital world like the bunny guy and then the i mean the stuff with the cousin being like the tech guy in the supercomputer i think that's all that's all pretty believable i think like just people they're a big enough people. family yeah yeah they're big enough family they have enough spread but i think like these very specific relations to the whole odd situation that was what was a bit too much for me um and i think i wonder if that's like i'm trying to I, when i was watching it i was trying to think like can i think of other anime um that sort of did similar things i wonder if it's like an eastern sort of take on storytelling where um all the characters relevant to the story are like going to be related in some way not necessarily family wise but just like they're all introduced at the same time and then as the story unfolds each character has their part to play however significant or insignificant it is whereas in western storytelling i would expect like when they're trying to figure out who made the ai they would go on the internet and look up the guy's name or look up the guy's avatar and then find out he lives like somewhere else in japan and they go to his house like that's what i would expect to happen in like a western movie whereas in this Japanese movie, they're all related and it's all like in this one location. <laughs> I wonder if that's and, like a thing that actually happens. And the reason, like, hmm. like I, I actually really enjoy the reasoning as to why he made the like AI because it was like, hey, like, Granny gave me the rest of the money so I could go follow my dreams so I can make more money so we could be filthy rich like we did in the past. Mm-hmm. Because like, it, like the reasoning there is like, okay, I understand why he did it and like you're going to pay for it later, but um yeah, there was only like one real big suspension like a uh, suspension of reality to me. And I was at the end and basically they're they're fighting this AI in the the digital world. And the AI really likes to play, like, games. So, like, it, it challenges the bunny in a fighting match. And, like, it does other sort of... It has other sort of tendencies that you can say, okay, this is believable. And so they challenge it to a very, very obscure... And everyone in the world knows how to play that game because they're yeah, all playing Koi so, Koi. <laughs> yeah, so it's a yeah. game called Koi Koi, which is played with Hanafuda, uh, Hanafuda tiles. And it's, like, this very obscure game that, like... Probably people outside of Japan don't really know how to play. I, I again, that's general stero- stereotyping. I've never even which, heard of it. And you, yeah, like, I I we all haven't watch heard of enough it anime and stuff, and it's never once come up. I don't think. Yeah, I haven't. I heard think of it my either. brother looked it up and said that it's not even a real game, and he spent so many 
rewatches of the show, the movie, to be like, I still don't understand how this game's played. It still makes zero sense to me. I don't understand it. Oh, I could, I could definitely understand it. Like just from watching the movie, I understand stood it a little bit. Also, it is a real game, so your brother's wrong. Um, I mean, he wasn't for sure about it. He looked into it. Let's be, uh, let's be civil about this asshole. Okay, (laughs) we'll we'll fight about it tomorrow. Anywho, um, no, like, uh, real quick note: Lobo and I are seeing the the Demon Slayer movie tomorrow, so I'm very excited about that. But um, that's cool. I I didn't get confirmation about that. Oh yeah, that's tomorrow. I'll you should have sent confirmation because I was sitting there I, I like, "What's send- that movie?" Okay, regardless, I will send that out after this. But um, yeah, basically, this very obscure Japanese card game is like they're playing it to win back avatars because at this point the AI has taken over so many avatars that they're like, "Okay, the only way to beat this avatar or beat this AI is to take back the avatar so it has less power." And then eventually, once it's by itself, fucking put a bullet in its head and call it a day and take back off. Jesus. Okay, well, not maybe put a bullet <laughs> in its head, but use the bunny to punch its face in and then call it a day. And then, like, once they're, like, they start winning and everything, and it's like, yeah, this, we're looking up, things are going well. And then it loses a round and they're down to, like, 15 or 47 people or avatars on their side. They're like, oh no, we have 30 minutes until like this thing drops on the world somewhere. And then all of a sudden, like everybody around the world's like, hey, use my avatar, which, you know, power of friendship, great, love it. Good. That's a good way of using the power of friendship or power of strangers. And then when they're playing the game, it's the last round and they're like all shouting koi koi and then everybody around the world is shouting koi koi. It's like, wait, 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 wait. So first off, everybody has the same strategy. Second off, everybody knows how to play this fucking game. What? Like that was the only disbelief or like suspension of disbelief that I had in this world. But other than that, I I loved it. Yeah, that was like um that was a very anime moment. I felt like yeah, like it yeah, was. like like you're saying power of friendship sort of thing. So I think at that point I was already like resigned to like just let the movie do what it was gonna do. <laughs> was was that an eye roll <laughs> um, for you? Uh no, because I think uh I I roll's a strong word. It was like um it's just I guess to be expected, you know, like a cliche that you're just used to seeing in anime. Um and I've sort of just grown used to it. So when I see it it's there was a there was a period of time where it was awesome when I was a kid and then there was a period of time where I like hated it because I started to see it and it was like breaking, you know, the immersion because I was seeing that same cliche. And then now I've gone past that and it's like, oh, this is just how anime, some anime is. And I'm excited when a show doesn't do it and like breaks the mold or does a better job of writing around it. But when a show doesn't and it just relies on this, I'm just like, ah, that's how it is, I guess. Um, And this was like one of those things. Um, I think, I still think the moment was good though. Like, yeah, it was like uh, pretty emotional. I can't there was like an exact, there was a moment, I can't remember what it was, but there was an actual moment where it was like, it felt emotional to me. Um, I can't remember what. I it felt something. Like, yeah, in my cold dead heart. Um, I'm trying to remember <laughs> what what moment it was. I, it must have been like one of the last hands or something. There was like, I, an, oh yeah. To, I was gonna say to me, it's the the like basically death note that uh, Granny sends behind to the family, saying like, "Listen, just take a take oh, a breath." Yeah. 
Yeah. Take a breath, eat a good meal, and then sort your shit out and just move on with your lives. I'm old. Don't worry about it. Like that that to yeah, me that, that like that, that, me that gets me that gets me every time because it is yeah, such a really good, good that was a very good speech. Yep. So Yeah, I really like the grandma. She was a really good character. Grandma was like probably oh, man. the MVP of the movie, let's be when honest. When she breaks out the oh, yeah, for sure. the long pole arm, freaking almost decapitates her own relative. That was badass. Yeah, that, her own her a... own son, or well, stepson. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A... She came right at him too. Um, what's the Naka- name for the spear? Nagi- I can't remember. Nagita. Yeah, it's is it Naginata or something like that? Yeah, um, I think that's it. Oh, nice. That sounds um, that sounds more like the word. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember I played that fort on a character that used it because it was fucking dope. And also, like in Ghost of Tsushima, they they make a point of explaining that like the women would stay behind when the when the men would go out of samurai to fight in whatever war. And they would be in charge of defending their homestead, and so they would learn how to fight with these spears with the blades on the end, which is what she was using. So it's cool that she knew how to use it because of that, like traditional, like if you just saw her use it, you just expect that she's like a badass or whatever. But like, there's an actual like historical reason why she would know how to use it, which I thought was really cool. I think a lot of those small plot points, like when we start meeting the family. And realizing, like, the three brothers, one's a paramedic, one's a firefighter, the other's, like, a fire sergeant. Like, mm-hmm. And then you have, like, related to them is the police officer. And then you have the, the one son who's a fisherman. And, like, getting all of the family tree kind of interacting together and not just having them as characters in the background. Like, having them with their full effects, bringing in the boat, bringing in the computers... And each of them having their role to play. Even the little kids. Like. Oh, God, I hated the little kids. <laughs> no, the little, little kids. Yeah, they were garbage. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> oops. Uh, but everyone felt fully realized. Everyone had. Like, you had the mom who was cheering for their son. She couldn't be pried off the TV. Even when the satellite is going to crash into their house, she's like gripping onto that chair and they're like no you got to get on your phone and play koi with us um but they all felt real and no one felt like it was hello my name is juichi i am the third cousin no one f- like all of the acting i watched uh the dub and i didn't feel like any of the acting felt forced none of it was people phoning in just for a paycheck it was all to me it was very well done and because of the writing because of the plot like i did have that suspension of disbelief like it for a long time right up until the really weird castle house fight where they are in oz and they're trying to imprison the the virus oh were they were they trap it inside like the houses and then they pump it with water yeah and in my mind why don't you just disconnect all the servers like just why why couldn't they segregate it into an individual server and then disconnect that server from the internet? I think right. if it, you disconnected Oz, like it would cause like I don't think the companies that run the water, run the bus lines, run all the traffic stops, I don't think they had a backup in place. Oh, so Oz it. was the infrastructure. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, like Oz Oz is the infrastructure. Like they right. did everything via Oz. My yeah, mind the, was there were two. Like there was like your hardwired 
control panel at the water pump station. No. And, then, and then there's, the yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, my argument's dead. Well, that that's funny because that's like one of the things I had problem with is like it's so unbelievable that that's how this would have been built and like the way it functions like in in Oz, it's you know Digimon from memory I watched like you know a couple of episodes like when I was a kid, um, and it was like when they went into the digital world there was like the Matrix they would go through and then they would appear in like Fantasyland with their Digimon mm-hmm. next to them. Um, and it was like video game rules, I guess there was yep. no, like there was, there was very little attempt to make it related to anything, um, computer based, right? It was mostly Pokemon, but in a computer. Yeah. Every once in a while you'd get, you get someone say like, look at the bits of data or, or something similar, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't completely. I think in the first Digimon, they do that. One of the viruses runs amok. And like traffic signals are changing and and things like that, but there's no like hard evidence that they are fully connected. And again, I haven't watched Digimon since the the movie, but I haven't watched like a an actual Digimon series since the one with Gilmon, the red one. And even that was weird, but. Like I can, I can see where you're coming with. There was no hard connection, whereas in uh, Summer Wars we have like he's gonna turn off the water, he's gonna nuke a power plant. Like, yeah, was... just like the level of access that that system had. I mean, it was ridiculous, but also like I think there was a little bit more. I guess because they showed from the humans' perspective in Digimon when they go into the digital world, they don't ever show the kids in the real world, right? The kids actually go into the computer, right? Yeah, yeah, in the, like the, the in the first the in the first one, yeah, and then in the, like the second one, they're popping in and out like every other episode. But they they're physical bodies, right? It's not like they're putting on a VR thing and going in. It's like no, they, yeah, they're 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 fully getting digitized. yeah, exactly. So this one, yeah. it's like you constantly cut between the real world where he's on the computer typing, and how is that meant to control a character? And like, is he coding the character's movement? This like ridiculous. And know. then and then it goes back to the digital world, and it's like Digimon rules. So that that disconnect there was like too much for me. I think if it was like if it was like them in VR headsets or whatever or something, and that might have made more sense. But I think the idea that like there's this very real way of interacting with the Oz program, like your coding or whatever typing on a computer, and then you go into the digital world and it doesn't seem to follow any rules of logic whatsoever, and like even like the way they deal with the virus doesn't make any sense. Like it could have just been in an isekai world. It didn't, there was nothing necessarily in my mind that uh, was specific to it being on a digital program, apart from it stealing the avatars, but that could have been done, you know, by magic. I guess there was like an emphasis on showing them using a supercomputer and typing keyboards and all that sort of stuff. And then at the same time, the digital world was super fantastical and it just didn't match up for me um, as much as I would have liked it. But like I said, I didn't. I think that's what kept the movie from being excellent for me, but it was still a good movie. So the one things or two things that we haven't really talked about, which I I really do want to talk about, is how unique the animation is, uh, or I guess more so character models are. Um, the animation in this movie, I feel like, is a lot different. It's a lot not more realistic, but it's more like. 
hey, not everybody in this world is beautiful. They there are big people, small people, and ugly people, and etc. And they all exist in this one family. But like, I I love the animation how different it is compared to like every like normal kind of movie or show that you watch. The and that kind of reflects the art style in all of the, his movies. And it's something I think that I I really enjoy. What I really enjoy the most about his movies is that it's so different from the norm of what anime is. And the other thing that I do want to talk about uh, that we could touch upon after is the music in the movie. But uh, go ahead, Element. You had something to say about the animation too. Well, I just wanted to agree with you. I think I've seen this particular art style before, and I don't know if it was in something I watched or if it was just... um just seeing like clips and stuff that people post from his particular work. Um, but I recognize that art style, so I must have just seen clips or something. Um, but yeah, I do agree. It's nice that there was... One, the characters looked a, less, a lot less... There were less anime characters and more like animated characters. And animated characters have the freedom to be like all different shapes and sizes and have different faces and stuff like that. They're not... Um, they're not... I mean... I brought up KyoAni earlier. If you look at a KyoAni show, all the characters look like the same. I guess like they all they're all very similar in design. Obviously, they have like different color eyes and hair and all that sort of stuff. But if you look at like the structure of their bodies, it's all very very similar. Um, especially the faces. So this was super cool seeing like a really varied cast um, that was interesting to look at and gave them a lot of personality as well. Um, I especially like. Um, like a lot of the dudes were like darker, like the ones that are like, like the fisherman guy was like super dark because he'd always be on his boat out in the sun. Yep. And like all the like the paramedics and stuff were also like that. But then like the guy who I think, um, the computer guy was like super pale. So like stuff like that is super cool. Yeah, and I I love like the uh, back to what you said the facial animations like. Even looking at the, like, so when I said that, you know, the ants were holding back the cousin when the two were going to kiss, Drew posted in our little server a picture of that scene, and it's actually all the uncles holding them back, and everybody kind of looks for the most part, like, normal, and then the one cousin (laughs) is, like, this caricature of just, like, an angry person. It's not even just like uh, really an animated person. So it's like they have the freedom to do that. And then all the blushing scenes, it's not that they just like kind of have like some of them have like the rosy cheeks, but majority of the time their whole entire face goes pink. And I love that. I, I don't know why. It's just it's so funny to me. It's like a thermometer ready to burst. But yeah, it's a not a short walk on go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I I really like the the general art style direction and um, animation of the movie. I also I read something cool. Um, it's like a a technique uh, the director used to sort of pace the movie. I guess is that every time that he wanted to show time passing, he would cut to the baseball game. And the oh, that's like, cool. Yeah, you'd get, like, the baseball game very briefly, like, whatever the score was, and then they would say it's the third day of the tournament, or the second day of the tournament, or the finals is tomorrow, today is the finals. Like, so you would get that idea of time passing throughout the entire movie without them showing, like, a calendar or a clock, or just letting you assume how much time is going in between each event. They're actually giving you, like, a a, a milestone there to show you how the 
how the time is progressing, which, you know, very cool technique and also ties in to the family again, like no family members wasted. Cause that's like the, the main character on the baseball game that they always show is this, the son of the woman, you know, who's always watching the TV or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so that, that all ties in. It's, it's a cool, cool thing that they did there. No. And that's like, like I was saying, like having everyone have their key role in the family was like, I'm so used to watching like even an ensemble animes or like a bigger show. I'm trying to think of one in recent memory that has too many characters, but I'll, I'll use Gundam because a lot of the times they have flavor characters that are, are meant to like progress the, the main hero to do something, to be better, to do whatever. But it's, it felt like this whole family got together to help the whole family. And like they were pushing the the kid who's playing as King Kazuma, like they're he's training, he's learning more. His his uncle is like, hey, like this is how this works. We never use it for like we use it for defense. And having all those like little like plot points really broaden each character into like having their own stories. Because like if someone was to come out with like Summer Wars two, the wedding episode, I would watch it. If there would be wanted... a Summer Wars 2, I'd riot. There's no need. They, they This was like a perfect like little story. It is. Like, that had a definite beginning and end. And like, as much as I would like to see the more of the characters interacting with each other, I, I don't think it's necessary. Well, what we, you mentioned way back at the beginning that you had a couple nitpicks. And since we have not a ton of time left, but we have time, um, what were those, Frank? Oh, I just had the one, and it was the koi koi thing, and I I was just koi koi. Okay, yeah, yeah. I thought thought you said the things that I saw that could be nitpicked by someone that is go for it. uh, A Frank um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is the opening where they explain the world that is based around Oz. How that entire opening was just about the infrastructure. It was just about Oz. It was explaining you to everything like you're a dumb child. I could I see am. someone like Frank or Nick being like, this is stupid. This is that. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, it's world building. It's telling you how the it world is. Works. But like, I can see some people being like, no, this is dumb. And I'm like, that's a stupid thing to say. I, but it's here's the thing. There's, there's four of us here and none of us said it. Again, I di- you're the, the <laughs> difference here is that you're the outlier now because you like this one and you're the one that would point out these details. I do want to say... So you're forgiving it. Remember when I was talking about like stuff that anime does that I've just grown used to? That's one of those things. I notice every time an anime does like... And I also notice this in movies as well. But um, anime does it a lot where um, two characters will meet. This is like episode one of an anime. Two characters will meet. You won't get introduced to the first character and the second character will go, oh, hello, so-and-so, full name. This is your job title. This is what you've been doing the last two years. You know, like they'll have... it. it it's trying to emulate a real conversation, but who the fuck would talk like that, like in real life? And it's just basically expedition to explain who the character is. This movie had the same thing, the opening, like it's just a giant spiel introducing the world. I don't think that's necessarily, it's not like a cinema sin sort of thing. I, think I don't of, either. It's just that I, uh, I feel like a lot certain of people could see it as a not okay or not good or I lazy. I think it, it works as the opening because you're... Yes. You get that like flyover and introduction to the world. I think it works in that sense. There are times when it, there are times when 
shows or movies do that and it doesn't work. This was not one of those times, I don't think. But I totally uh, yeah. Did again, that. I'm it's not just... saying that's my nitpick. I'm saying that's a thing I can see. Someone no, no. I, being yeah, I totally get what you're saying. If someone was like super anal about like, oh, show don't tell, and they picked apart every instance of telling not showing, then they would be picking a fight with every anime. I feel like because every single one does this stuff. Yeah, it's just how they do it, I guess. Um, but yeah, I totally did notice that. I just didn't think it was worth bringing up because it's just to be expected. You know, it, mm-hmm. at this way, it's more interesting if a if a if um, an anime thing doesn't do that, that's worth talking about. I'm trying to remember what the other one was because I remember talking to Frank about this uh, earlier and I think it's the same one. I just completely forgot about what it was, but there was like two big ones and then there's the Koi Koi one. And I just can't remember what that last one was, but it was something that was just like anyone else would look at it and be like, yeah, okay. But again, people that like super anal about things would be like, why this is this, this isn't that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, it's just a movie. Let's just looking enjoy back, a movie. Looking back at our conversation, you said it's the, the couple scenes where they're stopped for like, it's just stopped That's their lingers for so long, so, including yeah, the red. So yeah. the specific part that I saw, and I did this several times beforehand, Um, when he gets arrested and they're in the car. And it just mm. hangs on that scene. Yeah. Just hangs on that scene of them in the car, him handcuffed, the guy driving, his fingers tapping at a steady pace. And then out of nowhere, he just burst. And it hung on that scene for what felt like a very long time. But it's to build that tension and that stress that he's getting inside of him, which causes him to blow up. Same thing with um, when he first like meets with uh, Kazuma in that one room and they're just like look at each other after like the hacking or whatever started and they just hung on them looking at each other for like an unnecessary amount of time but it did feel like it was like building up some tension there and like holding your suspense for what was going to happen next because usually when that that's happened it was like something big happened the next scene or something like you wanted the answer to happen next scene so it was just Having you focus on that scene, wanting you to anticipate when you're going to get the answer or when you're going to get that payoff or whatever it is. So are you saying like someone nitpicky would say like it? It, it just hung there for like yeah, unnecessary okay. time. Specifically, yeah, those I, two parts. They did it like I think three other times, but like I, I never noticed it until watching it this time. I'm like, oh, that took a while to get to the next bit. I'm like, wonder why they did that. And as I was thinking about it, I'm like, anyone else would be like nitpicky about this, wouldn't they? And my brother's I, like, yeah, probably. I'm like, that's weird, I see what you're whatever. saying. I don't think they would. I think it's pretty clear what the point of the scenes were. And I think, I think the one that would be the most egregious would be when they were, it was just him and Kazuma in that little room, like that closet. And mm. they just looked at each other. And it was like 30 seconds of just silently looking at each other. Nothing's happening. And then it cut to the next scene. I guess I got it. And I was sat I there. I'm like, that was back. weird. I don't get it. <laughs> I would probably have to go back and look at those scenes in particular, but I don't remember anything in the movie particularly sticking out as like, this is weird that they're just hanging here on this shot for nothing to be I, happening. Because like, I've seen this so many times, I was able to pick it up this time, but like, I never noticed until this time. And I'm like, that's kind of a good thing because like, I'm watching this trying to be like, all right, cool. Let me actually review this 
And those are the things I saw. I'm like, that's weird. I still like it. I don't mind it. It's just weird that they did that. Whatever. Yeah. Like the, the thing you were saying about in the police car, I think that's like exactly what you're saying. Like they're building tension. And like, if it was just them sitting completely still in the car, him looking at like the kid looking out the window and the guy just driving and looking a bit angry, that would be one thing. But they have him like tapping the steering wheel or whatever. And there's like some, mm-hmm. there's some level of animation in the scene or motion in the scene that like is giving you the hint that something's building and then he pops. And that's totally a situation you can, you know, see and like you would have a similar experience in your real life, I guess, like someone like, you know, bubbling at the seams and then exploding. Um, so I don't think it was super out of place, but I don't so, know. Maybe I have to go back and look at those scenes that you're talking about. So what, so what you're telling me is you don't like the elevator scene in Neon Genesis Evangelion. I never watched it. I, I, what? Yeah, I have never know. watched Evangelion, and I don't plan to. I haven't. I haven't Whoa. gone back. I haven't oh, gone. Back I don't do Max. Like, no. I don't do Max. I haven't. I haven't gone back and like. I really don't have the the fundamental, you know, historical anime shows that everyone feels like you should watch. Like, I just haven't gone back and watched them because it's like old show is old and I'm not overly interested. Like, I haven't watched Cowboy Bebop, Evangelion, Death Note, whatever else. Yeah, I haven't gone back and watched all that stuff. The only one I watched was Death Note and I'm good with that. You know, I don't need to watch anything else. What is wrong with you people? That's what everyone says about you, Frank. That's what everyone says about you. There's new shit out, Frank. Every every season, new is new new shows. There's new shows. Old game is old, and they're awesome. I don't have time to go back in the past when I have so many new shows ahead of me. Old shows still hold up. Speaking of new shows, watch watch uh watch Baka plus you Baka bites whatever it is on Wednesdays with me and Frank talk about the new shows and everything. Baka we could we could oh god no kill you we could talk about that we could we could talk about that at the very at the exit. There is the god damn it! I'm just in a fury right now. But the one thing that I did want to bring up before we close this all out is that the music is almost forgettable. There's a couple tracks in there that like I do remember. One specifically that I really do remember is like the scene where they are trying to capture the AI in the housing. It's just kind of like that like upbeat synth. Like I, I can't even replicate it. I can in my mind, but not in words. But uh. Like the the music, unfortunately, is kind of forgettable in this music, which yeah, sucks not, because I'm not remembering anything music wise. Same, movie, so like which probably. sucks because usually music and anime like they go hand in hand, but this one it just didn't. Yeah, like it didn't have like that like it didn't have that catchy like uh your name like bum 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 like it didn't have that like like same tune that goes over and over in random scenes, which kind of sucks. But I mean, you know what. It is what it is. I still really enjoy this movie. Um, and I also want to say that I found out that uh, Koi Koi is in Clubhouse fifty uh, Clubhouse Games uh, that's on the Nintendo Switch. So I may be playing that soon. I thought he was going to say Clubhouse Penguin. And I was like, uh, yes, Club for Penguin. you, buddy. Okay, Club so Penguin. final thoughts. Frank still loves the movie. Awesome. Yep. He was I would I would studio, recommend right? this. I would recommend this movie over any Studio Ghibli movie. Wow. Okay. Um, I thought it was good. Uh, I would not recommend it over any Studio Ghibli movie, um, but it's fine. Like if I had someone who was into anime in general and was looking for a movie to watch, I this wouldn't be the first thing that comes to mind. But if they were looking for something specific and this sort of fit that criteria, I think it's a perfectly fine movie to watch. Good overall, not excellent. What about you there, Lobo? Uh, I would 
I agree with Frank. I would recommend this as an anime movie. Uh, Ghibli, I wouldn't say I'd recommend it over a Ghibli movie, just because Ghibli is on a different level than just an anime movie at this point. Ghibli's mainstream, it's right? More, like it's can, more art. Yeah that's, yeah, that's the reasoning why it's a mainstream thing. Yeah. I, if you're going for like an actual, like, this is anime as hell, 100%, yeah. this is the movie. Um, but uh, I, I love this movie through and through. Um, there's nothing really in there that ever like makes me not want to watch it or like it, okay. it, I never have those criticisms that I specified or that, uh, element had with it. It's just, it's just a fun movie for me and all of his work that I have done and I remember or that I've watched and I remember, it's just fantastic. All of them are fantastic in my book. So I think I would as well recommend it mainly because I want to see more of what he's done and what what I can compare it to. Like, uh, again, I've watched Digimon Movie, and this is Digimon Movie 2.0. Uh, but this one has a story. It has a theme. It has a really good plot, really lovable characters. Like, as, as soon as you start meeting the family, I was in. Uh, but, uh, again, I would... I, I'm in the field of, yes, this is an anime movie. Yes, I would recommend it. But I have... Studio Ghibli movies that I like more. But um, this leads us into what we're going to watch next. And this might possibly be, unless everyone vetoes it and says no, but we have our first requested submission of something we should watch. Second Ooh. requested submission. Second? First, Who was the first? Steamboy. Oh. Your father, dude. Come on. God dang it, dude. How Dad, could please you? don't on. listen to this episode. Fucking hell. <laughs> okay, first person not related to us to suggest. Uh, there, there we you go. go. First stipulations fan. for the win. <laughs> so uh, Hillary over on Twitter uh, recommended that we watch Paprika, and I've personally never seen it. Yep, I think I've seen like the first five minutes and I turned it off. Oh, but right. that was like a very very that was like back in college when I was first getting back into anime. I was like, "What the fuck is this? I'm not watching this." Okay, I'm we're... not into art. I'm into harems. It's not Paprika not at that by, point. Um, not at that point. It's by the perfect blue guy, right? Satoshi. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Satoshi Kon. Yeah, yeah. Satoshi Kon. That's one. Yeah, it's kind of a nice callback to go back to. That yeah. should be interesting. So, what about you, Lobo? How are you feeling? Oh, um, man, I got things to do and more anime to watch. <laughs> have you seen this movie? No, I have not seen this movie. Okay, that was the question. <gasps> no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not so none of, us, none of us I have seen this, so this will be interesting. Yep, this will be interesting for sure. All right, well, I guess then uh, we agree. We're going to watch Paprika next. Thank you, Hillary. Uh, and I want to thank everyone for joining us today. We appreciate any and all feedback. So... Like I said at the beginning, uh, tweet us at Bakako Podcast on Twitter. And email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll see you all next time, and uh, thanks so much for listening. Love you, bye. Also, listen, listen to the new podcast that Drew started and then that uh, I have started in the whatever podcast you listen to. It should be on all of them, so have fun with that. <laughs> Bye-bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.